0: Indeed, they could not keep him. This morning, we're going to look together at a marvelous passage of Scripture found in the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter. And if you brought a Bible, I want to go ahead and invite you to turn there. But as you're turning, as we're preparing to look at these verses together this morning, I just want to tell you, life doesn't always turn out the way we plan it things don't always work out the way we want them to or the way that we expect them to. I think all of us have had some of those experiences. Here's the reality. Jobs are lost. Relationships fracture. Health fades. Marriage is Life is hard. It doesn't always go the way we want it to. And probably there's not very many of us in, the, in this room, save for perhaps some of the very young that I hear. Which, by the way, I love hearing them. Please don't, please don't remove yourself with the baby. I love hearing babies cry. They tell me that there's life in the place. Please stay. Please. I want you to hear what God has to say to you today. I want you to understand something, folks. Most of us have had to stand at some point and face the reality of death. It's not pleasant. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. And as we look this morning, we're going to be looking at some people who had to deal with the reality of death. It happens. As we celebrate Easter, we're going to be reading about Mary Magdalene and some of the disciples of Jesus who found themselves before an empty tomb. They had already cried their eyes out. They had already shed tears as they watched Jesus die. Those tears had been dried in the shock of what they had witnessed. They couldn't understand why life worked out this way. Personally, they had anticipated that things were going to be different. Jesus was going to survive. He was Messiah. He was Lord. He was the one who would not ever leave them. And now they found themselves wondering what's happened. We're going to find out what happened a couple of days later. John chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. If you've got your Bible open there, if you can and will, I'm going to invite you to stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. Follow along with me as we read together this morning. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb he saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus head the cloth was folded up by itself separate from the linen and finally the other disciple who'd reached the tomb first also went inside he saw and believed they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead Would you pray with me? Father, as we stand in your presence this morning, we thank you, we praise you for an empty tomb. There's so much still that we do not understand and so much that the world criticizes and tries to discredit. But Father, we thank you and praise you because we know the truth. We have experienced that truth in our own lives and we just want to praise you today because you are the giver of life and of life eternal. And Father, as we spend our moments together in these verses, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, all of us in this room, that we might hear your voice, understand your truth, and find the strength today to walk in it as we move forward in this life. Father, teach us what we need to know in these moments. For we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. "Amen." You may be seated. When things don't work out the way we plan for them to or the way that we think they ought to or the way we want them to, it creates turmoil in our lives. We find ourselves often upset, struggling to get a handle, struggling to get a grip, struggling to get things right. And such was the situation for Mary. How uncomfortable must it have been to arrive that morning in that place of the dead? to arrive at that place wondering what was going to happen what what she was going to find because you see when she came she found a tomb that was open a tomb that she knew had been sealed and yet the stone was rolled out of the way and it had to raise questions in her mind what happened How did this occur? Where's his body? She was overwhelmed by questions that were swirling in her mind, but rather than staying there and trying to find the answers, we read that she turned and she went back to where the disciples were and shared with them the news. And in doing so, it became a day of discovery. As we examine this record, I think there are some discoveries that were made that we need to grab hold of today. And I just want to encourage you and challenge you to do that with me. I just took these verses and I just looked at them. Is there anything more to do with the Word of God than look at it, listen to what it says, and learn from it? And So if you've got your Bible open, I just encourage you, keep it open right there. And let's just kind of dig into this and see, what can we possibly learn? And, and I think the first lesson that we need to learn that all of us need to get a hold of is this, seek Jesus early. I, I go to this first verse and it just says early. What a great place to start. Early. Now, I know that early means different things to different people, all right? And I know that there are people who early for them is 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning. There are other people who early means they got up before noon, All right. And there are people who fall everywhere in between there. I get that. But the reality is it just starts off telling us early. So let's, let's just focus on early for a second. And then it says after that, on the first day of the week, the beginning of a new week, a fresh start, a new beginning, a, a time to, to start all over again. And as if you haven't got it figured out yet what early means, and then he goes back and he gives us a little bit more. While it was still dark... Now, that's my kind of early, all right? Now, I know for some of you, that's not your kind of early, but that's the early we're talking about. While it was still dark, Mary got up and she made her way. She was seeking Jesus. I want you to just consider her schedule for a moment. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, she goes seeking after Jesus. She was going to serve him. The first thing on her agenda at the beginning of the week was to find Jesus and serve Jesus. That's a great lesson to learn, right there, folks. Finding him, serving him, was more important than sleeping in to this dear lady. And so she begins her journey while it's still dark. I read that and I found myself wondering, what do our schedules look like? What does my schedule look like? Is finding Jesus and serving him, first thing, important to us? Is it worth getting out of bed while it's still, I, listen, I had people tell me all the time, the preacher, sure you talk about this quiet time thing, I'm all for that, but you know, can't we do that when the sun's up or, or I don't want to crowd in on those early morning hours, you know? Well, that's great if that works for you. It doesn't work for me. I need to get it. If I don't get up in the morning and do this, it's not going to happen for me. Well, you know, I just can't get up in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I'm not an old, I don't wake up good. Okay. Find your time. But I'm challenging you. Seek him. Seek him early. Seek him when he can be found. What is it that motivates you? Do you rise early to spend time with the Lord before your day gets busy and gets away from you? Or is, or is sleeping in more valuable than spiritual growth and development? You say, well, that's kind of a harsh thing to say. No, it's just a reality. I'm just asking you a question. What is your priority? What holds your attention on the first day of the week? When it's, By the way, this is the first day of the week. I'm glad your attention's here this morning. I really am. But this is the first day of the week. This is where our attention, folks, it's settled on Jesus this morning. That's where it ought to be. Seek Jesus early. That's the first thing I grabbed out of this because it was early on the first day of the week while it was still dark. And Mary got up and went. Now I want to tell you the second thing I learned when I was reading through this passage. And it was one of those things that, you know what, I think most of us have seen it before, but maybe we didn't pay much attention to it, but I I want you to. Whenever you seek after Jesus, expect difficulties and disappointments It's not always going to be easy. I want you to think about what Mary expected and what Mary found because they're vastly different things. It it starts out here. It says, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone. Stop right there. We already know what the difficulty was. In her mind, when she left to go that morning, she was already wrestling with the fact, I've got to find somebody to help me with this stone. It's bigger than I'm going to be able to move by myself. I'm not going to be able to get it out of the way and get inside the tomb to do what I've come to do. I've got to have help. She started her journey expecting difficulty. How different is that from most Christians today? We start our journey pursuing after Christ, expecting things to be easy because now we belong to him. We've got a lot of folks who are preaching a gospel that's not true. Who are telling you that if you belong to Christ, life's going to be easy. Everything's going to be good. There aren't going to be any difficulties. There aren't going to be any struggles. There aren't going to be any trials. There aren't going to be any hurts. That is a lie. She started out seeking Jesus, understanding there's a big obstacle in front of me. I've got a huge hurdle I've got to get past. I I have to find my way. I've got to find somebody who can help me move the stone. And can you imagine she's thinking all of that as she's walking through the dark on her way to the tomb. And she gets close and she comes into sight. And all of a sudden all she sees is a big gaping black hole. Well, this is new. Didn't expect that. The scripture is a little bit vague right here. It doesn't tell us what she did exactly. It tells us that she went back and she told the others. It does not tell us if she went and looked in. Now, I'm that kind of person. Curiosity would have got the best of me. I'd have to go take a peek for myself, just just to be sure. And in my mind, I have to think she had to go and take a look because how could she possibly tell them that he was gone if she didn't first take a look inside to see for sure? She goes, she takes her look, he's gone. And now her difficulty is replaced by disappointment. Where's Jesus? I came here to see Jesus. I came here to prepare the body of Jesus so that it can be properly left behind in the tomb and buried. I just want to ask you, what do you expect your journey of faith to be? I mean, when we start out pursuing Jesus, when we start out seeking after him, what do you expect your journey to be? Are you expecting it to be easy? Are you looking for some obstacles? Are you expecting some difficulties? A lot of folks don't get it. So many invest all their time and all of their thought processes in trying to figure out how to move the obstacles before they ever take the first steps. You know, one of the most amazing things about following Jesus and being a disciple is that whenever you start taking those first steps, you find out some amazing things. One of the amazing things I've learned along the journey of my own life is that so often the very difficulties that I expect, that I anticipate, that I know are going to be there, he's already cleared them out of the way before I get there. Not always. There are still hurdles I have to jump over, and I got short legs. I don't do very good on hurdles, But there's so many of those things that he moves out of the way. Sometimes things don't work out the way we expect. Our difficulties lead us to those moments of disappointment. And and can I tell you something? The disappointments are real. Don't think for a moment they're not. I'm not making light of the disappointments in life that you've had or that I've had because they are real. But I do want you to know this. Those disappointments... Even though they are real, even there they, they are there, and you don't have to expect them to be the end of the story because they're not. Don't stop at the disappointment. Chase after truth. I kept reading in this passage. Mary came back and she told the disciples that the stone had been moved away. That the body of Jesus wasn't there. And then I come to what was my, when I was a kid, just my favorite part of the story, the foot race. Everybody's about the race, right? We're competitors. We like the race. But you know, there's something to learn from Peter and John, and, and it's simple. Willingly expend all of your energy to find the truth. When she came and she told him, look, the stone's rolled away. The body of Jesus is gone. We don't know what happened. And we read about Peter and John. They took off to the tomb. They expended all of their energy. They were racing toward the tomb. And John outruns Peter, probably a little bit younger, maybe in a little bit better shape. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that ageism thing. But I will say this. He wasn't as brave as Peter. John got there first, but he stops outside and says, I'm not sure I want to go in there. That's a grave. Peter comes blowing up the trail, and he doesn't stop. He ducks and runs right through the entryway. He's inside the tomb looking around and saying, this is awesome! Can you just picture it in your mind? The tomb's empty, and there are... There are the clothes, the cloths that they had wrapped his body up in. And there's the the cloth that had covered his face, and it's folded up and laying there. Listen, it wasn't just that they fell off as somebody was dragging a body. No, this was folded and placed there carefully as a reminder that whoever did this was very careful about what they were doing, very meticulous about what they were doing. They're sitting there with their eyes bugged out, and their breath is ragged, and they're taking all of this in. I don't know how far they ran, but I do know this. They expended their energy to find the truth. Let me ask us a question. Do we expend our energies to find the truth? Or are we just satisfied with what somebody tells us? Do you see for yourself? I, I hope... I hope as I look around this room, and I'm glad you're all here, I hope that everyone in this room has experienced the truth that comes from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But even as I say this, I'm going to tell you, I've been doing this long enough to be quite certain that there are some in this room who have come here today because it's Easter. And we go to church on Easter. And we've heard the story And we've heard the story repeatedly, but it's never taken hold of us. And you want to believe maybe yeah, there's a part of you that maybe is in turmoil today. Things haven't gone the way you planned. Maybe things have fallen apart in some area of your life and you're wishing things were different. And, and, and there's, there's turmoil, there's upheaval, and you want peace. You want the peace that, that Christian people talk about. You, you want that truth that people say will change your life. And, and you're looking around and you're saying, man, if I could just buy into it. But you know, I read an article, Pastor, and it, it told me all the reasons why I shouldn't believe. It told me that Jesus didn't really die on the cross, but rather that, that he passed out. He swooned because of the pain. And, and they took his body down while he was still alive, and, and they buried it in the tomb. I just want you to know something. When they ran that spear into his side, and blood and water flowed down, mingled together, he was not alive. They pierced his heart. I want you to know that he was dead. He was thoroughly and completely and totally dead. But the tomb emptied out. He didn't stay dead. I know that there are critics and there are skeptics in this world and that they are constantly and always providing for you reason why you shouldn't believe. But I want you to know there is one overwhelming reason why you should believe. And it's because Jesus is alive. It doesn't matter what the other statements or reports might be or what the other arguments might be given to you. I would challenge you, expend your energy. Spend yourself. Spend your time, spend your effort, spend your energy, spend your intellect. Investigate the Word of God and its record recording the Son of God and see if it's not true. There are many things in the history of our world that we accept as truth based upon one or two or three statements. But my friend, you read this book and there are four different authors tell you about an empty tomb. You read this book and you find those four authors talking about the risen Lord. But we'll go beyond those four authors and tell you that there is a fifth. His name was Paul who told his readers that, you know, one time after Jesus rose, before he ascended into heaven, that he appeared to over 500 people at one time. So now we've gone from four or five writers to 500 people. And Peter also told his readers at that moment, oh, by the way, many of those people are still alive. Go ask them yourself if they didn't see him. There is more eyewitness corroboration to the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ than there are to many other accepted facts of human history. Spend yourself. Spend your energy. Get into the Word of God. Find the truth. Expend your energy to find the truth about Jesus. I've told you all of that. To tell you this. This is as simple, as easy as I can make it. Seek, see, and believe. If you've still got your Bible open, I want you to look at the last couple of verses we read together, verses 8 and 9, where it tells us, finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, this is John writing about himself, also went inside. He saw... And believed they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead now I want you to look at these final words Peter's already in the tomb now John says I went inside and I saw and I believed this was the truth this is reality they were moved to faith even though verse 9 tells us they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead my question is this, are we willing to believe? Are we willing to believe today? I, listen, I have people tell me all the t- time why they can't believe. I've had people say to me, if I could see the empty tomb, then I'd believe. If I could see the risen Lord, then I would believe. I mean, they got to see the tomb, and then they got to see Jesus. Sure, they believed. It's easy for them. No. Jesus said, in Luke chapter 16, if they do not listen to Moses or the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Further back in this same chapter, John 20, in verse 29, Jesus spoke to one of his own disciples, Thomas. He said, because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You see, believing is not a matter of seeing, it's a matter of faith. It's a matter of accepting that this is God's plan and what He's doing. It's faith, not sight. And as I've said before, the only way you're going to get to that place is investigate the Word of God, its record record regarding the Son of God, and there you'll find the truth. If you have to see something, if you say, well, I can't believe unless I see let me give you this. Consider the countless lives that have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ. I'm one. Many of you in this room would give testimony that you're another. Jesus changed your life. He, he changed your heart. He made you into something you never thought you would be. He turned you into a person you never thought you could become. He kept you from becoming what you would have been had you not come to know him. And if that's not enough, let me, let me take you just a little bit further. If you've got your Bible open, you can follow along with me. But if you don't, just listen carefully. Starting at verse 10, just, just read here. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken the Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was Jesus. Now, I don't know if it's still dark. I don't know if her tears have got her vision blurred. I don't know if he looks differently in his resurrected body. I don't know, but she didn't know it was him. woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Have you ever had somebody who says your name in a way that only they say it? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. My mom was with Jesus, but I can still hear her saying my name. Because she said my name like nobody else said my name. It was usually very incredulous, like, are you kidding me? That was the tone that it had with it, you know? My mom knew me well. And Mary, well, she'd heard this voice before. She'd heard this voice say her name before. And when he said it, it was there. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned around toward him and cried out in Aramaic, "Rabboni" which means teacher. She knew him. Dropping down to verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. Oh, my friends, listen to me. He's alive. He is alive. And he knows all about your difficulties. And your discouragements he knows about your troubles and your tribulation he knows about the turmoil in your soul if you came here today longing and searching he knows about that he understands and knows your struggles of faith and let me invite you today to seek him to seek him as he reveals himself to you listen you can celebrate with every other believer the resurrection of the Lord We could spend all day talking about the proofs of the resurrection. We could debate endlessly why or why not. Yes or no. Maybe, maybe not. Let me just tell you this as I stand here today. Just one guy. Not any different than anybody else out here other than the calling that God placed on my life. Sinner saved by grace I'm just going to tell you the old songwriter got it right you ask me how I know he lives he lives within my heart he changed me he took me from what I was and made me something different he took me from where I was and kept me from becoming what I would have been if I had followed my own path he lives in my heart And I know he's alive. And I echo what Job said. I know that my Redeemer lives. And one day, one day on this earth, he will stand. And when he does, I'll see him face to face. And friend, I'm ready for that day. Are you? He is risen, he is risen indeed. And for that reason, we celebrate. I stood and I looked at an empty tomb. And I've never gotten over it. And I pray to my Lord that I never will. Because every time I see that picture I took... I'm reminded he lives. Celebrate. But if you don't know him, oh friend, you are missing out on the very best that God has to give you. And I pray that today you'll claim it as your own. Let's bow our heads together. In just a moment, we're going to stand together and sing a song of commitment, of invitation, of surrender. For the simple reason that I, I want to give you the opportunity to respond to the Word of God, to the truth of God, and perhaps to the voice of God if He's speaking to you today. I want you to know that Jesus is alive. I'm as convinced of that as I can be of anything. I'm as convinced that He is alive as the fact that I am standing here in front of this room speaking to you this morning. He changed my life. He's changed the lives of many people I know, multitudes, multitudes. In various states and communities across this land. Many of you sitting here. Some of you are looking at me this morning and you're grinning. You've got eyes that are filled with tears. He's changed you. You know he's alive. You've experienced that. But in this room there are also doubters and skeptics. And those who are waiting and wondering. I plead with you. Pursue him with all of your energy, with all of your effort, with all of your heart, and just be honest. As he shows you the truth, embrace it. You'll never, never be the same again. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for a record of what happened that morning that allows us to celebrate The good news that Jesus Christ is alive. And Father, this morning, as we have gathered in this place, we have sung, we have listened, we have read. All the story is true. The record, irrefutable to those who will be honest with their intellect so, Father, today, in this moment, we come to you. It's now our opportunity to embrace that truth or once more to walk away from it. You're inviting, you're calling, you're pleading. Your altar is open. The question is, who will come? Father, I pray that you take these moments, as brief as they might be, that you would speak clearly into the hearts and minds of those in this room. Call those that you would bring today into a relationship with yourself. Draw those who are searching and longing. Encourage those who are struggling, broken, and in turmoil. Help us, Father, to embrace the truth of the living Lord this morning. For we pray it in Jesus' name, amen.